Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this month's episode of For the Future, our series on females in motorsport. Today, we are so excited to bring you a conversation with another incredible individual in the F1 Academy world, Neo Santa Maria. Just a quick intro. So currently, you are the race director for F1 Academy. You've been a race director since 20 years old, getting your racing director's license at 18, which is crazy. And you've spent time in many different areas of motorsport, often being the first female race director across the series you've been in. So we are big fans of what you do. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So first off, let's define what a race director is. Can you give us a high-level understanding of what your role entails? Okay, so as, as race directors, our main focus on a racing weekend and what on a day-to-day basis is the safety, not only of the drivers on track, because that's always the main focus, but also of all the marshals and all the people involved on a racing weekend. So that's our main focus, basically on the sporting side as well. But our main focus is safety on and off track of everyone involved. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I imagine it's a lot of working with marshals and local track officials and that sort of thing. What motivated you to get your race director's license at only 18? And what was that process like? So ever since I was a kid, motorsport has been like a huge part of my family. My dad was a marshal since the very first day that they opened the racetrack here in in (laughs) Barcelona. And he was involved in a lot of rallies, a lot of motorsport events. So for me, growing up as a kid, um, it was the normal thing to be doing on a on a weekend so on weekdays i went to school and on weekends if i had a free weekend i would go with my dad wherever he would go to enjoy motorsport so i remember when i was a kid and going to races uh, telling my dad like when i grow up just just tell me how old do i need to be because i want to be <laughs> sitting here with you in race Aww. control because for me at first i was I I was super sure, like, I want to be sitting there, I want to be involved. And I was sitting there, but the the question was always, how old do I need to be to be sitting here? (laughs) And and in the end, we got into talks with the Spanish Federation, and they said, you can be 16 to apply for an official license, but you need to ask permission to your parents. They need to write a formal letter to the Spanish Federation saying, why do you want to take your license and that they approve? And of course, when I, w- when I went home and I told my mom and dad, like they told me we have to do it this way. My dad was 100% in, like, yeah, let's do mm-hmm. it. And the only requirement my mom gave was, you can be a marshal, but you cannot go on track. If you go on track, you're <laughs> not allowed. Wow. And at first I was like, no, I, I wanted to be uh, on track. I wanted to try being a marshal at a marshal post, but she was... 100% on if you're going on track you're not doing it if you sit in race control then it's fine with me so I jumped into race control helping them out with papers communications with the teams and things like that and then when I saw it on like a weekend to weekend basis I knew that was my place and I knew I didn't need to try going on track sitting on a car doing anything else <laughs> because I knew sitting in race control was my thing 
That's so great. You can be thankful to your mom and your dad for different reasons then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so great. And I imagine they're super supportive of you now and I'm sure very proud of all you've done. So that's that's so great. Yeah, they are they are always the first ones that when I say, Oh, it's really bad, like I have to do thirty <laughs> races this year, my dad always says, like, if I could, I would join you for thirty races and I would Aww. do thirty races with you. So they are the first ones that are fully in with my motorsport career for me doing every single thing that I can do. And they are the first ones to support me always. Oh, that's so great. So for the role itself, what is the most exciting part of that role for you sitting in race control, thinking about safety? What are some of the most exciting parts of it? I think the best part of our racing weekend, even if it's like sporting wise for the drivers, it's probably Someone will say it's probably their worst part of the weekend. For me, the best, the best part of the weekend is when we have driver's briefings on Fridays. Because in the end, that's usually the only moment in which we are all of the drivers and all of the sporting side, everyone's together. And we can discuss everything that will happen during the weekend, everything that happened in previous weekends, and how do we want to approach everything. So that's for me, that's always the most important part of the racing weekend because it's when we sit with them, when we tell them what they are supposed to be doing, what will happen if they act different in different ways. And for me, that's always the most important part of the weekend. Then, of course, uh, giving the race starts where, wherever we are. That's always like the high moment <laughs> of the weekend because it's like all of the pressure is on the person who's going to push that button to give yeah. the race start. And that's always like the hectic moment of the weekend. But I really love driver's briefings because it's 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 the only moment of the weekend in which we all sit together. Everyone's on the same page. We can discuss everything because after that, if we see the drivers in our offices, it's always because there's been an issue, there's been a problem mm. or there's been something that we didn't like. So driver's briefing is the best part of the weekend always. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think everybody probably agrees how important safety is, but I bet people have differing ideas of how to achieve that and what approaches to take. So I'm sure that can be difficult at times. But I want to talk a little bit about working with local officials. I'm sure that changes very much track to track. What does that look like? I'm sure it keeps the job fun and on your toes a bit, but does it vary a lot based off of where you're racing, who you're working with, and how you approach that? It's, it's really different from racetrack to racetrack because in the end we are all people and I think it, there's a huge part of culture on it in the mm. end I'm, I'm Spanish which means if I go to if we come to Barcelona everything's great we can understand each other perfectly but I think language is a huge barrier when you go to places mm. so in in the end if you go to places where more or less with your language or trying to understand them you can understand what everyone's doing and what everyone's saying. Those are the weekends that are usually the easiest because in the end, if we have an issue on, on the track, the local people are the first ones to know it and they yeah. need to be able to transmit that information to you. But I think that um, in places where the country is way more different um, and the languages are more complicated, for example, in uh, Hungary or you go to Germany in which if you don't speak German 
you're just sitting inside race control hearing <laughs> German the whole time or yeah. people shouting and you think because that that I know that happens for example when they come uh, when there's people who come to Spain in Spain it's like that it's it's within our culture and our way of speaking people sh tend to shout a lot even if there's no issue on track someone will shout on the radio and if you don't understand Spanish you're shocked at first because you you hear someone shouting and you think there's an issue because it's yeah. it's like that it depends on uh, voice tones most of the time so you hear someone shouting and you're alert okay someone something's going on and you need to be sitting with someone who says no no it's fine don't worry they are just shouting saying something so i think always language is the biggest mm -hmm. issue wherever we go you always try you always try on the very first day to find who's the person who speaks better english on their team yeah. even if it's not the person in charge because even if it's not the person in charge you can that person can be useful to you and to their team as well to be the person in contact between one team and the other. But I think nowadays uh, we are really used to that. And in all of the sporting teams that I work, there's so many people that speak so many different languages. And even if we go like to a small country, you will find someone within the team, even some of the drivers who speak that language. And if you have like a huge thing, For example, we went to Zambord and we had a, I remember we had an issue and the guy, the technician who was explaining the issue to us only spoke, only spoke Dutch. And in the <laughs> end, like we were there, like looking at him and I remember telling um, one of my colleagues, don't worry, there's one of the team managers who's Dutch. Let's just call him, put him on speaker. <laughs> like they will understand each other. Live he translation. Like he yeah. will translate for us. So in the end, you need to, find like those people within your team and and try to make it happen because in the end that's it like communication is always the key and even more in this in this job that you need to know everything right away when it happens so that's that's always the main issue but also uh once you go to a racetrack and for example i was in monza uh last weekend And the first time someone tried to speak English with me, I told them, oh, I speak Italian if you want. And they were like, oh, okay, perfect. Like, we'll just go fully Italian with you. I was like, okay, if I don't, if I don't understand like some of the specifics, I will just tell you like, just talk to me slow. We'll get there. And it's, it's that communication is always yeah. like the main thing, wherever we go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So how many languages do you speak? English, Spanish, Italian? <laughs> English. Spanish, Italian, I speak Catalan as well because I'm from yeah. uh, Barcelona. And then I understand, I, I don't want to say everything because if then some of my colleagues uh, listen to it, they will speak full French to me. But I understand, <laughs> I understand most of the French if it involves racing. If, okay. it, if, they are talking about, if they are talking about something else, I'm completely lost. But if That's they are hilarious. speaking about, about things about racing... I, I can understand most of what they're saying. That's awesome. That's a very niche understanding of the French language, but I'm sure very <laughs> useful for your purposes. So let's talk about the inaugural F1 Academy season. Would love to hear some highlights from you. What have been some of the highlights? What have you had any kind of crazy moments? Um, yeah, I would love to dive into the first season. It, it has been an, an amazing season. I remember when they first called me to say, If I wanted to join the championship, I said yes right away. And I tried to work <laughs> on my calendar, tried to fit all of the races in. 
just so I, I could do it. And and we have we've had like really good races. I remember uh, the Monza weekend was hectic, and even joining different championship has allowed us. Well, not only us, also the drivers to get to know different championships, different ways of working, and like schedule wise, it's been crazy. We've done so many things. We've had that like really nice races, really nice activities out of the races. And it has been like amazing to see them, to see them how they interact with people. I remember, um, in I think it was in Zamburg, we did an autograph session in the paddock, and I remember we were sitting in the office, and and I told my colleagues like, let's just go to the paddock and ask for autographs of the girls. They were like, no, we cannot do that. And I was <laughs> like, let's just go out, like we'll see the queue of everyone there waiting for them. If there's not a lot of people, we will just go there. Like, hi, can you sign my password for me? <laughs> and and we went there thinking uh, they will think we are so stupid that we are coming here for, <laughs> to get autographs from them when we know them and we can do that on a daily basis. We can go to the briefing room yeah. and just ask them to sign papers for us. But we did all of the cues, team by team, asking Aww. all of the girls to sign for our for our passes. And there were some of the girls, like I remember uh, Maite Cáceres' face, like she just looked up, so it was us. And she was so shocked, like, no, really? Like, you really want my autograph? And I was like, yeah, Aww. of course. Like, we came here, this is our pass, just do it really small, so all of the 15 uh, names <laughs> fit in, because our pass was so small. And I was like, just do it really small, so the 15 of you can do it. And I think it's it's moments like that, like when you see them, all of the people, all of the kids that go to see them and ask questions, ask for pictures. I think that's when you realize we are doing something very huge uh, with it. And it's not only, because in the end, it's not only the drivers, it's the drivers. Then you also see the team managers, you see mechanics, you see everyone uh, and everyone's really involved in the project. And I think we are not only portraying that women can be drivers, but it's also that like women can be race directors. They can be Uh, the chief engineer of one of our teams, they can be team managers, they can, they can be also our sporting director. So I think we are not only putting the focus on the drivers, but putting the focus on how everyone can be involved in motorsport in different places. Yeah, we love that so much about F1 Academy. And we're excited to see that continue and to see it grow with more co-location, with a lot more F1 involvement next year, with nominating drivers. What are you excited for as the the series grows into next season and beyond? I think we have a huge platform and now even mm-hmm. uh, more with Discover Your Drive, we have a huge platform uh, for the young kids, the young girls to see that they can step in, they can start into karting. And it's not only you can try out karting for fun, it's you can try out karting because from there you can step into a formula, you can go into like other championships, other series, and for them to see like a clear pathway to get to where our girls in F1 Academy are or the drivers in F3, F2, potentially in F1 someday. So I think our work needs to be super constant and in the end it's that uh, pushing and not only focusing on drivers but focusing on how everyone can be involved in motorsport in really different ways 
Yeah, absolutely. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code FORTHEGIRLS at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code FORTHEGIRLS for 20% off your first order. So what's it like being part of a series kind of from the ground and building that project up? I imagine there are a lot of learnings. Everybody's getting to know each other. You're becoming a family, all of that. What is it like being part of the project kind of from the ground? It's It's been great from day one because I think all of us on our on the sporting side, uh, media side, everyone has been like super involved in the project and everyone has been like wanting to find the ways for the championship to grow, uh, for the girls to grow. And the teams have been working really good together with us in order to make the championship as professional as we could, of finding the right ways. Because uh, in the end, it's a, it's a new championship. It's new regulations, ways of doing. We've done every single race weekend with different championships which has meant being in the paddock or being in boxes, having really different timetables. And we've had to adapt a lot during during the season. And I think it's a work that without everyone being super involved in doing regulations, checking procedures and doing everything, we would not have been able to do it. Because I remember mm-hmm. 
first meeting that I did with uh, Delphine, who is our sporting manager, first meeting I did with her before starting the season, the first thing she told me was, read our regulations. If you want to change something, just tell me, we'll change it. Wow. And I remember <laughs> telling her, like, no, like, you've wrote these regulations. You've spent so much time doing it. I'm not going to step in and say, you need to change all of this. And she said, no, but you have the knowledge from different championships. So maybe you see something. And I want you, to, like, she wanted me and all of the stewards to just question everything written down. Like, okay, why are we doing this this way? How are we checking this? How are we checking that? Before we got to the first race and had an issue with something that was writing. Because yeah. in the end, it's that we want to make the championship as easy in terms of regulations for the teams to be like as similar as Formula 3 as possible. Because in the end, we want these girls and these teams to learn to get to Formula 3. Yeah. So it's no, it's nonsense to make regulations that like have nothing to do with F3 regulations. In the end, you want them to learn as much to step into the following championship. And I think we've done a really good work with all of the teams, with all of the um, sporting team um, to help everyone and to make a really good um, first season. And also not only to do a good first season, but to learn from what we've done this first season and apply it to next year. Because in the end, next year, in terms of uh, championship, it, it will be way different because joining Formula One for the whole season yeah. makes it... Easy, easy and hard at the same time because it will be the same people always, same championships. So we will only need to find out how one championship works in order for us to adapt. And it will not be five different championships for us to know. But I think, uh, well, starting now with Austin and next year to do the full season with Formula One, I think there is going to be like really high standards for us to achieve and for us to be pushing the whole time to be on a Formula One level every single weekend. Yeah, but that's good training. And I think Austin will be kind of a good first run at that. And mm -hmm. we're so excited to be there and to cover it and to, to watch it live. So one question we ask everybody, you've obviously had a super impressive career so far. You've been a trailblazer, especially for women in motorsport in a very male-dominated field. Do you have any advice for women wanting to break in or girls wanting to break in to motorsport, whether that be in driving or be in roles that are more technical focused, engineering, otherwise? Um, would love to hear your thoughts. I think it's really important to never accept no as an answer. So if you want to do something, even if they tell you, no, this is not your place, no, you cannot do it. If that's your dream, if you know you're capable of doing it, to push as hard as you want, as hard as you can, in order to get like to achieve that dream. Because in the end, there will be a lot of people who will not put their trust in you, who will think this is not your place, this is not the way of doing things, but you need to be the one to trust yourself and to work towards that goal. And I think it's really important as well to have a good team and that works with you that trusts what you're doing. Because in the end, if you are working and everyone around you is questioning every single thing that you're doing, then it makes no sense to be working towards one goal. If everyone next to you is not on the same page as you and rooting for the same thing. 
Yeah, that's beautifully said. And I think it's always a good reminder not to take no for an answer. So I love that. And just to wrap up, we always try to do some fun, quick fire questions. So uh, first one, favorite race this season so far? I know we have one more. <laughs> favorite race, uh, Monza. Monza was okay. a hectic weekend. Yeah, I'm sure. And good food as well, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're heading to Austin. Do you have a favorite American city that you've been to? Oh, I've I've lived in Chicago for nice. quite some time and I have really good friends there. And I'm going to stay in Chicago after Austin. So for sure, that's my favorite American city. <laughs> I love Chicago. Chicago is so great. Okay. And last one, one place we have to visit if we went to your hometown. It could be a restaurant, it could be a bar, it could be a park, a museum, anything. Oh, <laughs> no, that's going, to, that's going to be complicated because I'm from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. And, and in there's Barcelona, so much. <laughs> like, you need to visit everything. You need to visit yeah. everything. But I'll... I'll say uh, Parkway is my favorite part of Barcelona because it's not okay. only uh, Parkway itself, but it's the views you get uh, of Barcelona from that high part of the city. I think okay. that, that's the best. Awesome. Well, I'm hoping to go to Barcelona next year, or the year after. I've never been, so that will be on my list. <laughs> well, Neus, thank you so much. This was so wonderful chatting, and we can't wait to see you in Austin, and we're cheering you on. Thank you so much and see you next month in Austin. <laughs>